You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season one finale of Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I love my guest. I'm so happy that she is my guest for the finale. I have Miss Jessie Malton on the show. Jessie and I know each other, uh, you know, through various nerdy film activities. And uh, it was such a treat to actually get a chance to sit down and talk with her. She's an incredible person. She's so knowledgeable. She has such a great attitude. And um, she just made for a wonderful, wonderful guest. She picked Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is her favorite movie of all time, a movie musical that I had never seen, um, even though I love movie musicals. And uh, and so we talked, uh, but I'll be honest with you, we talked mostly about film and life and all of those other things with some Seven Brides for Seven Brothers sprinkled in. But we did get to the movie. We did talk about the movie. We talked about the movie within the context of watching it now. How does it hold up? Does it hold up? Um, could it still be in it be enjoyable to fresh eyes today? Where did it fall within the timeline of the big Hollywood musicals in the fifties? Uh, and and those kinds of details. We also had a special guest star in Mr. Leonard Malton, Jesse's dad, who popped in on our sesh and gave us a little background on why this movie is one of Jesse's favorites. And um, it was just a great conversation. Uh, lots of talk about family, film, and dogs. Lots and lots of doggy guest stars, which I love. So without further ado, for our season one finale, here is Jesse Malton talking about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Um, I'm so excited to have you as my season one finale. Season one finale, me and Herc. I and Hercules, Hercules. of course. Um, he's the roll over all of your stuff. He's the real reason that I wanted to come over. I totally get it. Um, Everyone is that way. I started the season with Sam Levine and The Godfather, and I love that we are ending on with with Jesse Malton. I I always say that um, our podcast should be called the Sam Levine Appreciation Hour. Um, <laughs> and also that he is my adopted brother cuz I'm pretty sure my family would be very happy if we had him. Absolutely. Uh, we love him so much. He is a doll. So I'm honored. He's the best. He's a great great dude. But I'm so happy to have you on because Thanks, I feel like we have been interacting and like bumping into each other yes. for a long time but have never really had an opportunity to like sit down. I know like you and exactly. Like, People and I, I love that. So, um, so, and thank you for having me into your lovely home. Yeah, anytime. You are welcome to play with dogs <laughs> and 
stare at my mother's Royal British commemorative collection. Which which I'm very impressed by. We have so many Winston Churchills in this room. It's so, it's, it's, I, I said when I walked in and I meant it, like, I imagined what the house would look like and this is exactly Oh, yeah. It. But in, in the stuff. best way possible. Yes. When I was in the living room, I was looking at all the collectibles and I was like, that's so cool. Oh, that's so cool. Look at that. Oh, I know what that is. And all the books. Oh, my, yo, so many books. Have you guys, because I don't read all the books that are on my shelf. I buy them with the intention of reading them. Sure. And then, of course, I don't ever get to them. But are you a big reader? So I am severely dyslexic. Okay. Um, like severely dyslexic. So I like the idea. Hi, Daddy. Hello. Hello. I'm recording with Clark. We're podcasting. Am I interrupting the podcast? No, you're a, a welcome guest star. Only a little. <laughs> Hiya. We're this talking is... about Seven Brides... For seven brothers. She wanted me to pick a musical. You've seen it. You've heard of it. I've heard of it. I've <laughs> seen it. I'm acquainted with it. He's the reason I'm obsessed. I love that. He's the re because well, when I was three mom, years old, mommy. mommy sorry, forgive me. My mother takes full credit for my obsession with Seven Brides for Seven well, Brothers. She, she's the one who really got me hooked on the movie, mm. and uh, it's her favorite movie, and it became one of my favorite movies. And then when Laserdisc, remember Laserdisc? I sure do remember Laserdisc. Well, they put out uh, a nice edition of this. No, no extras, but okay. the whole film. And we showed Jesse the barn raising yes. number. And she was about three and a half. And we said, you, you want to see more? No, show it again. <laughs> we had to show her the number again and again and again. And hey, after, if it was today, it would have been frozen. So after, you're yes, lucky. Yes. You're after lucky. a couple of weeks, we let it run. We didn't stop it at the end of that number. And she started getting interested in who are these people. Uh-huh. And we let that run for a while. And then eventually, she was willing to dive into the movie itself. Interesting. From the start. And From the start. And the she's start. never recovered. No, it's still my favorite film. I've got a poster in my bedroom. I love it. Howard Keel is the dreamiest. But it was the barn raising number. It wasn't the one where they have the dance off. Oh, it was the dance off. It was the dance off into the barn raising. That's, that's called the barn raising. Got it. The whole thing is, yeah. Because they have to build so, the barn after. Right. Yes. Got it. Yes. I can sing that, the whole song. It's a great number. Every day. Oh, it's, it's, it's just fantastic. I will say, anytime either one of my parents mentions, we don't know when you became obsessed with rainbows, I just show them that. Yeah. Because that whole scene is rainbow, and, yes. and the, the brothers and their eventual wives yes. are in rainbow yes. outfits, and it was like, I hate to Here uh, it is. be obvious, but right in front of your face. I won't interrupt anymore. You have not been interrupting. Thank you uh, for letting us. Clark was just saying that she uh, she's asking about all the books. Yes. He all is. your collection of books downstairs. He, I was admiring He is a them. voracious reader. My dad, when we will go on vacation, he will bring four books, depending on size, and just go through. My mom's dys dyslexic, wow. too. So it takes us forever. Yeah. But this one will just... And, and then it's, it's sort of like having a, a see and say, because he'll just periodically look up and just go, this is a really interesting story, and read it to us. Well, there so you go. It's good. Sharing. Yeah. It's like a see and say. Yeah, just saying, just saying. Okay. You see it, right. you say it out loud. Well, yeah. What's the, what's the one that when we were, I think it was the New Zealand-Australia trip, the, help me. I don't remember which book I was reading. The, 
the movie that was based on this book and you went and visited the place in real life by all the train stations. Judy Garland is in the movie version, Waitresses. Mm. Oh, the Hardy Girl. There you go. There I read you the go. The story of Fred Hardy called Appetite for America. Uh huh. The about book the man is who huge. Sort of built the West, civilized the West, by bringing these high quality uh, restaurants and hotels. But who was going to staff the restaurants and hotels? Mm. He wanted young women. He wanted proper young women. Mm -hmm. And he, then they had to get their family's permission in those days. So he had to promise these parents that their women would be protected, mm. chaperoned, and all that. But a lot of them got married. Mm-hmm. They wound up getting married. They, they, so he helped populate and civilize the West. Wow, that's interesting. It's a heck of a story. It's an incredible book. It's huge. And I could never have gotten through it, but that one just kept reading us stories. We were good. That's a, that's It's fascinating. The whole thing's fascinating. Sharing is caring. That's right. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> Funny I should. And now if, I will gracefully bow. Gracefully bow. gracefully bow. The most gracefully. Goodbye. It was lovely to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> Delightful. This is our house. I love it. I'm very proud to work with my family. Yeah. And I'm very happy that... Uh, it's so funny, but it's a time right now when my dad being seen with a younger female human oh, being yes. is suddenly important, and I get it, but it is just like, my mom and I have always been there. We just, we're not, people are not aware of us. Right, right. Um, but if you talk to any film festival, any publicist, it's always been the Molten Three. Yes. That's who we are. My yeah. dad is very proudly run by women. Yes. And he loves it. Yes. He's all about the fact that my mom takes care of everything. And now I take care of the other side of stuff, but but that's a big piece. I never thought about doing any of this stuff ever. Uh, I it was just one of those things where suddenly they kept going, oh hey you with the the rainbow hair and you look young and and not at all like what I think people would think Leonard's daughter would look yeah, like. Yeah, sure. And we think <laughs> Hercules is going to just keep bringing you keep toys, getting, getting bigger um, and bigger, oh which I love. The toys, I love this. Um, well, actually, I was going to ask you that. So, like, sure. you know, one thing that I've sort of discovered after doing this is my 30th episode of wow, this show. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, but one thing I've noticed is that one thing that always comes up is the gatekeepers. Yes. Of Everybody has their gatekeepers, yep. and it's not always the same person. Um, you have one of the most famous gatekeepers yeah. uh, of all time, probably. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I'm curious because, you know, your dad was so sweet and just told us that little story about, about putting the movie on. I was that way with Wizard of Oz. Sure. It was just over and over sure. and over since I can remember, since yeah. I have conscious memory. And I believe in a lot of ways, like you were saying, with the rainbow and the costuming, yes. um, similar to me, I mean, when people ask me about like, especially the types of movies that I love or that I'm known for loving, yeah. um, you know, the Wizard of Oz is it. It's big, it's Hollywood, it's funny, it's scary, yes. it's um, a musical. It's it, Those are all the things yeah. that I love in pop culture and entertainment. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious, like, do you, did that interest, it sounds like you were in from the beginning, but were you, or was it just well, that one? But see, this is what's funny, is anytime, so same thing people will say to my mom, 
Did you, do you like movies? And we all have the same answer. What could we do if we didn't? Exactly. How horrible would life yes. be? How could my parents be married for this long if yes. my mom didn't love movies? She loves movies. I don't think I ever had a choice. Right. And it. all of my dad's friends are some form of buff, uh, whether it's animation or you know genre, whatever it is. I'm surrounded by these pundits. I'm surrounded by these brilliant people. And to be honest, I had no idea how spoiled I was in that sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew Ray Bradbury uh-huh. and and just passed away Harlan Ellison. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up around phenomenal writers and just really bright, intelligent people. My godfather is Pete Hammond, who's another film critic, and he's an encyclopedia. Um, and my godmother, Madeline, his wife, she's incredible and does so much in the industry, so much stuff, good stuff. Um yeah, I don't think I ever thought about it. We'd always have movie nights in our house mm-hmm. where we invited our friends over, pulled the projection uh, the screen down that was in our living room, and then put on movie movies, as in from a reel. Wow. So one of the things I did as a kid was my dad taught me how to rewind. My dad uh-huh. taught me how to clean film. All of his, uh, not all, he got rid of quite a bit of his collection when we moved a few years ago, but a lot of it lives downstairs with me because uh-huh. that's where there's room for it. So... Outside of my bedroom are hundreds of film canisters. Yeah. So to me, it was just a part of life. And same thing going to antique shows and looking for stuff like what we have around our house. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just always a part of it. And I'm an only child. So I was only child after my parents tried for 11 years, many miscarriages. So I'm the miracle baby. My parents were older when I was born. Mm -hmm. So I was included in everything. So I went to every film festival regardless of where it was, yeah. what it was. Um, as I say, I didn't realize as a kid that I was spoiled in that way, but uh-huh. I was. I was very much spoiled by the people we were around, by the places I got to go to. Uh, I grew up at the Telluride Film Festival. That's sort of our home festival mm-hmm. that we've been going to. I was in the womb. My parents mm-hmm. started going 40 years ago. Wow. Um, so yeah, there was never really a discussion. Where it shifts is... Now, I always worked up. Now we have two dogs. Hi, Jude. And then there were two. And then there were two. Both of you need to be here right now. Hi. Little scrappers. Hi, Hi scrappers. Hi, baby. Um, these are the most important Maltons, actually. Oh, of course. These are the fuzzy Maltons who matter most. Um, but yeah, so we worked on the movie guide. Uh-huh. Again, the movie guide happened before I was born sure. by many years. He started, the first one was published in 1969. Wow. I was born in 1986. Sure. There was a long publishing history before I had anything to do with it. But so the book was a part of my life, again, from birth. And I started writing for the movie guide when I was, I think, nine. Oh, wow. Um, But I always helped my dad with the galley proofs. I would do all kinds of stuff with him in that way. And then I also grew up at Entertainment Tonight because my dad started there in 82. Of course. So all of these things combined, I had like the movie nerd's childhood. Yeah. And I... (laughs) Jude... I'm getting stared down. Welcome to Clark. Um, Oh, baby. Uh, Yeah, I had no clue. I had no clue that all of this was happening and that it wasn't normal because, again, I grew up here. So one of the girls I went to school with, her dad ran Fox. Mm -hmm. And another, you know, uh, uh, Lonnie Anderson and Burt Reynolds' son were at my school. All Mm -hmm. of these kinds of things. Jude is now sitting on Clark's mic. It's okay. Good job, we, I, I have. I'm very curious about what Jude has to say. Also. Jude has so much to say. So many thoughts. Jude Jude is wondering why she isn't the star so of the major So many thoughts going picture. on in that little brain. Yep. And there, too, we worked with actors and others for animals since I was a little sure, kid. Sure, sure. Which one of their 
one of their uh, their biggest supporters is Doris Day. Uh huh. Wow. You know, among many, many others. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was surrounded by old Hollywood. Right. Grew up with those kinds of people, and then I was surrounded by the new and upcoming Hollywood. So it's one hell of an education. But I never wanted to be in front of the camera, ever. I didn't want to do what my dad did. I knew I couldn't, frankly, because he's so knowledgeable about everything. He, he's, he is an encyclopedia. The man knows everything. So whenever people would say, do you want to follow in his footsteps? I'd always say, how? how? How could you possibly do that? There's no way. There's no way. He's been studying film since he was eight, eight, mm-hmm. I mean, 13 is when he started contributing uh, articles right. to different magazines. 13. It's ridiculous. He was 18 when they published his first book. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. You know? And so, so yeah, I really couldn't have done and didn't want to do what he did. I was a musical theater nerd. I, I studied jazz voice and musical theater. That's what I loved. Uh, so yeah, I never ever wanted to be a part of any of it. I was always there because I've always uh, been, I've always gone to every shoot with him. I dress him, I do his makeup, I do his hair, forever. Um, I buy all of his clothes, and it's been that way since again since I was about nine. Wow. So I was always at ET. I was always sitting in the booth. Um, I've said this a lot on our podcast. The people at ET treated me like gold. Mm. They could not have been more kind to me, and they let me go and do everything. I had free reign, and we were at Paramount. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I got to run around Paramount like it was my backyard. Yeah. That's crazy. That's great. So so all of those things combined, it was just my life, and I didn't know that it was anything special because mm-hmm. the kids I grew up with, a lot of them were the same way. Sure. Um, and as it's, it's now that I'm older, I look back and I go, holy shit, I'm so lucky. Yeah. How did this happen? What did I, what lottery did I win? Um, but yeah, we... So for my dad and I working together, the first time we ever did anything publicly uh, was when I was 12. My dad wrote a book called the, I think it was called The Family Film Guide, mm. something like that. And I was the editor. <laughs> um, and they wanted to put me on the cover. God bless my dad. He didn't let them. Because if I had a book with my 12-year-old self on the cover, I would have killed him. Uh, and then... Every now and then for Father's Day things, people would ask if we would do something together. Sure. And so we did periodically, sure. but not, not that often. Um, and then once he started doing the podcast a few years ago, mm-hmm. starting with Earwolf, right. um, his partner initially was Baron Vaughn, mm-hmm. who is fantastic. Yeah. We love him. Then he started working too much. Yeah. The best possible reason. Yeah. He's on Grace and Frankie and was doing all kinds of stuff. And they said, so I started filling in for Baron whenever he was sure. unavailable because I was there. Right. You know, I was there and I know my dad's stories. I know him yeah. inside and out, all of that. And I said, okay. And then it started there. And then people saw, okay, you have a young, I don't think I'm young. I don't think I'm old, but I don't think I'm young. But you have a younger daughter. Um, who looks like something that shouldn't belong to you. Sure. Uh, and would you want her to start doing this stuff? And my initial response was, no, I don't yeah. want to. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. And I want this. And then it just kept happening. And they kept saying, we really would like this. We think it's mm. good for Leonard to be seen with you, whatever it is. And I just kept going, well, but they always, I've always been seen with him. That's not new. Sure. You know, look at any film festival. Again, you'll see we're there. Right. My mom and I are there. But... Yeah, then well, this, and people kept asking, and I sort of said, okay, you're now saying that if I'm not there, you don't want him, which was insane to me. Mm-hmm. But with everything going on, and that has been going on for a little while, 
I did understand that at least for him, it sort of let people know that he's not an old man. Yeah. He's not a stuffy old man who doesn't view you as a colleague. I always say this to young, my dad views you as a colleague. Yeah. He is not an egotist. He's not someone who thinks, do you know who I am? Well, he feels, your dad feels very accessible. Yes. Um, but I have a question about taste. Sure. And I'm keeping my eye on the battery because I think these two might go soon, but I have backups. Um, but so here's my question about taste because if, let's say in theory, you have um, someone like a Leonard Malton mm -hmm. and we have his daughter who has rainbow hair and tattoos and yep. piercings and is the sweetest and coolest and all these things and you put them together and it's like wow that's a really interesting combination yeah yep. would you say though that your tastes are that of do you get where I'm going yep. with this people people think that I am a young punk human there you go I am 100% and a little old lady yep who loves musicals and Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and Harold Lloyd. No, I, I visually, I get what they're thinking. Mentally, my parents will tell you I am a little old lady. Yeah. And that's part of what I think is funny. Now, m mind you, even that said, the reason I reviewed what I reviewed for the movie guide, which were things like can't hardly wait, she's all that, what have you. My dad would always say it's not for him. Yes. And that's part of it is that's not for him. 10 Things I Hate About You is a great film. And I think a lot of people, regardless of age, can enjoy it. Yes. But it's for me. Yes. So I reviewed those. He also, though, uh, made me the Rob Schneider specialist. So yours truly <laughs> watched all of those films. I've seen every Adam Sandler. You oh name my it. god. So so yes. Yeah, so I, I there are some of those that I like more. And of course, there's stuff like I love Empire Records. Of course. He, he is not a big fan, and sure. I think that he's just flat out wrong. Uh huh. Um, which. Mind you, we're actually doing a panel at Comic-Con that I pitched, and it's uh, You're Wrong, Leonard Malton. Uh-huh. So the whole point is to be able to go, hey, Leonard Malton, no. Empire Records is gold, damn it. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's funny because I remember listening to your dad um, on uh, Mark Maron's podcast. Sure. And he specifically talked about sending people, because I'm a horror fan, as you know. Sure. And he specifically talked about sending people who enjoy horror movies. Yes. Or, or at least can appreciate them to review horror movies for him. Because he was like, I just, I know that I don't like these yeah. movies. And so it, why, why, why would I go? And, and that's something where... Like, I remember there are other uh, film, you know, mainstream pop culture film pundits that we know and that are iconic that that don't have the ability to say that. Mm -hmm. And and it frustrates me. Of course. Um, it frustrates me as, a, as an appreciator of all film, frankly. But, I mean, it's like, you know, if you know for a fact that you don't like yes. something straight up. Then don't then, go. Yeah, then why are you, you going to go there to write a review saying, yeah, I once again prove my point. I don't like horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, we know, you know. Yeah, and, and that's, I think that those moments are interesting. So when he wrote his review for A Quiet Place, mm -hmm. one of the first things he said was, I normally can't handle this kind of thing, but this movie was so good, sure. I liked it anyway. And that, to me, is having that humility uh, and the ability to say, I was going in scared. Uh -huh. You know, that's how he felt. He sure. said, oh, God, I hope this doesn't scare me. Yeah. I hope this isn't too much. Uh, or, or there's films, lighter films, like Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, yes. which we love. We love that movie. It's so good. And, you know, so he can appreciate things. Uh, and is very happy to applaud them when they work. Right. But he knows he doesn't want to see Saw. Well, and that's he the knows thing. He doesn't want to see any of those. That's films. the thing I was going to say is that, like, I, so for instance, I find myself as not only a female genre fan, but like a 
person who studied genre, you know, is very politically active. Sure. I find myself often defending some of the um, mid-aught movies, specifically uh, Alex Aja's Hills Have Eyes and mm. Eli Roth's Hostel. Mm. And I understand that these on the surface, like when you look uh, at the poster or the trailer and you see what they're selling, mm -hmm. they're not selling political commentary. Um, they're selling the quote fingers torture porn, which is a term I hate, but that's fine. So the point is, though, I often wonder, like I sometimes I I. I have this urge to, I do it with my dad sometimes where every now and again, I'll kind of go off on a tangent and I'll be like, well, actually, you know, what's interesting about Hostel is really about xenophobia. It's about the Bush administration. It's about American entitlement and going over to Eastern Europe and calling them names and acting like, you know, you think that you belong there and you are entitled to everything around you and them saying, no, 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 you're not. And the Amer the douchey Americans paying the consequences. I mean, yeah. that's what Hostel is about. They do it in a very, Eli does it in a very Eli way, but but th those are things, those are conversations where like I am dying to have them with people who are respected in the industry, and which is why I write about them or talk about them sure. so frequently, you know? But anyway, I say that to say that it's like, yeah, taste is taste is something that's always very interesting to me and, and knowing one's taste and also being able to like, for instance, a quiet place structurally. I love a quiet place structurally storytelling wise. It is a great film and it is something where I could imagine that a quote fingers Leonard Maltin could go in and go, I was scared, but I really liked right. this and it's a great it was film. Worth it. it was worth it. That's what it is. It was worth and, it. But this is where I, I wonder if like, I, and I know that I could never get him to do it, but I wonder if I could get a Leonard Walton to go into a hostel and be like, okay, I know you don't want to watch this and I know it's going to be upsetting, but if you look at it in this way, are you able to take from it, well, you know? We've actually had an, an interesting experience. We started going to Fantastic Fest. Yes, it's a, my favorite fest. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so good and I love it there and I love the people I meet and I love the friends I've made yeah. and I got the email a few weeks ago saying, now you guys are family now but I assume you're coming. I said, I'd like to see you stop me. Yeah. I'd like to see you Same. not let me into the Same. festival. I love them. Um, but because of that, so they said, okay, well, what jury would Leonard want to be on? And I went, I don't know, you guys. And uh, <laughs> the short film jury. <laughs> honestly, honestly. So, so, so we chose comedy. We thought, okay, let's go with comedy. What we learned almost immediately is that it's still bloody comedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and their yeah. idea of comedy is twisted. And that's what Fantastic Fest is. Yes. But it, it sort of opened my dad up. Again, something I respect so much about him is he's very open. Oh, yeah. He's very open. And it's the kind of thing where... Now, see, I know he couldn't handle Hostel. Sure. I've seen Hostel. It's too much for him. Sure. It's too much for him. If it weren't as violent right. as it is, I think he might be able to do it. But the point is he would do it with you. Um, he would give it a try. Yeah. I, so I say, with that film... I have trouble. Sure. So I cannot. It's, it's, it's an unpleasant. It's a lot. I rewatched re 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 Hills Have Eyes, the remake the other day, a couple, like about a year ago, yeah. which is one of my top five favorite horror movies ever made. Alex Aja's movie. And um, and even, even like I own it. I've seen it a lot. I've written about it in college. Like I've done a lot of analysis on it. And even I, at the end, was like, 
That was rough. It's tough. That you know? was rough, I mean, man. It's unpleasant. Like yeah. it's an unpleasant feeling. Yes. Um, so I, I totally like, I'm right there with you. I yeah. totally, I, I understand. And that's the other thing too, is I think, you know, especially I'm sure you get this all the time, recommendations, right? Like you, people want you to recommend things. And I do think it's important to know your audience. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if, if I were talking to somebody who was like, I really don't like, you know, genre and I don't like blood and I don't like violence, but I am curious about what you're talking about with respect to like maybe the underlying political themes. I would not send them to hostile immediately. No. I would send them elsewhere and then say, but, but I think that that's really important is yes. to listen and to be open yes. and, you know, really well, think about what you're saying. There too, for me, it, it comes from a place of, of not having an ego. Yes. And it's the ability to say, I get that you like this. I don't. Right. And that's okay. I think that's my life mantra, especially on the internet, because film Twitter is intense. Yeah, it is. I'm constantly saying to everyone, it's okay, you guys. You don't have to like what I like, and I don't have to like what you like. Um, Obviously, hereditary has been a big discussion. Sure, sure, sure. I hated it. Yeah. Um, I hated it because I thought it was stupid. Yeah, I I think I I read some of your reactions. Yeah, but the, the thing about it was... I was very happy to talk to people about it yeah. because it wasn't the kind of thing where I felt like you should hate it too. Right. Um, it was more so just, I find it fascinating. I find polarizing films yes. fascinating. Yes. Because the idea that you could watch this and not just, it's one thing to say, oh, I didn't really like that or, oh, I did, whatever. It's This is a film where the reactions are, this is the greatest piece of cinema I've ever seen in my life versus this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. And that is a amazing yeah and and I always say Elijah here's here you go Elijah Wood who I never thought I'd ever have a relationship with in life uh-huh. uh was tweeting to me I know him from Fantastic sure. Fest he's a doll yeah he's very sweet um I knew that he would like this kind of a film because there are some people where you just know you know ahead of time you're gonna like this I know you're gonna like this and we talked a little bit about it and because he was shocked he couldn't believe I didn't like it and I said right well the thing is uh my audience hated it which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. My husband hated it as I hated it. Uh-huh. And I say hate, hate is not a word I use often. Sure. But when all you want is for a movie to end, yeah. when all you want is to leave that damn theater already, um, I would almost put it into that category. Yeah. Um, and for me, what I have learned from my many conversations with people is that if you liked the family from the beginning, if you believed them and you liked them, then the movie worked for you. If you, from the word go, thought the, thought the family had nothing to do with each other and you didn't care about them because they didn't seem like a real family or real people, which is how I felt, then it didn't matter because I didn't care what happened. I didn't care who died. I didn't care. And, and this is not just true of a horror or a suspense, sure, whatever, sure. any film. Sure. If you don't like the people you're watching and you're supposed to, then the movie doesn't work. And that's a conversation we have all the time, which is, I didn't care about so-and-so. So what do I care if he blew up or if, you know, his wife left him? You go, well, yeah, I wouldn't have stayed either. Yeah. So I think that was my thing with Hereditary is I didn't want to spend any time with any of those people. It's funny because I was out. <laughs> I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I've sure. seen it twice. I need to see it a third time. I appreciate, one thing I do appreciate is the craft that went into at all of, I mean, that movie is so thick. Yes. Like everything is so plotted. And, yes. and even if it doesn't all reconcile, which has been sort of my biggest issue with the movie overall, I still really appreciate the swing. Well, I, I the, Again, this is all, it's all under this same sure. umbrella of respect. Right. Of not looking at anything as, 
I hate this and so I'm going to hate everything of about course. it. Of course. I like to find good things. Right. And so with that film, 100%, I can say, oh, it's shot in a really interesting yeah. way. And the way that they use the the miniatures and they go in and out, like it, it's a mind fuck. It is. So I respect that. And I also say to people on a very regular basis, if I were a filmmaker, I wouldn't want anyone to say, oh, it was meh. Right. I would want yes. you to love my movie or hate my yes. movie. I would not want you to say, it was fine. Yes. It was okay. Absolutely. No, you don't spend that kind of time and put that kind of energy in love. Films are not easily made. And a film like that is definitely not easily made. So I look at that filmmaker and I say, good job. Yeah. Good job. You did it. You you went all the way with this. In the same way that it's like you have a great cast of people. A great cast yeah. of people. And Dowd is the best. Yeah. That woman can do anything. I love her. And of course, Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne and everybody yeah. else. You have a great cast of people. So it's the kind of thing where... Where I will. I'm very happy to find the positive. Sure. Uh, I feel no need to bash every aspect. Sure. You know. Yeah, and I I think too it's interesting because we were talking about like family dynamics early and I th earlier and I think one of the reasons why I kind of fell in the middle mm. is because I feel like my family unit was very dysfunctional. But if you were on the outside looking in, you would never know that. Interesting. And so and so I recognized like not a hundred percent. But yeah. I recognized some of the things, sure. and and was kind of like, yeah, I I I know what this is. Yeah. And um, my biggest thing was um, was ultimately, well, I felt like I didn't. I felt like Tony Collette gave an incredible performance, but I also felt she was miscast. Mm. Um, but that said, uh, I. I felt like it was a bit my issue. So I have an issue with the Stanley Kubrick's The Shining sure. because um, Jack Torrance for me starts in a nine, nine and a half. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, this, yeah. of course, how else was this gonna go? Yes. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes, Which, and by the way, endlessly entertaining to watch. He is truly the big bad wolf yes. in The Shining. Uh, and it's fun to watch him play cat and mouse. Um, but from a character perspective, like there's no, you know, Stephen King's novel is like way more about, oh, the descent and all this. Yes. So I liken it to The Shining in a lot of ways where I felt like Annie, Tony Collette's character, starts at about a seven and a half, eight. And and so my whole deal was when I walked out of it and I, and especially like the reaction with horror fans losing their minds, the Elijah Woods, I saw Elijah do a, a Q&A actually at South By um, where he was just like, his questions were basically just like, so this movie's great. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's not a right. question. But but the point I'm making is that when I walked out, I was really surprised at horror fans losing their minds because I was like, well, how else did you think that was going to go? That's what I mean is, is to me there was nothing there that nothing surprised me. A lot of people too, this is what's crazy is people talking about, oh my God, this got under my skin. Yes. This scared me in a deep way way yes. people were talking about it and they were getting like this is disturbing this is not okay and I just sat there going really yeah just really I really yeah all right okay you know and, and again and I would never take away your experience no 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 um, but it was funny for me because I am I'm I'm an easy crier I'm one of those, like, sure. I'm definitely the audience member you want because I'm like, I'm in, you guys. Yeah, I'm in it. Same. Whatever you want, I'm there. But this, for me, was just like, 
It didn't I don't land. Understand? Didn't None land. None of this is scary, and I don't care. That's so and funny. I just want it to not be happening in front of my face it's, anymore. It's, that would be great. You know, it's uh, this is yeah, it is. It's it's like you said. You'd rather there be a real reaction than just eh, it was it was yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I want to ask you, kind of, kind of. Um, not really similarly, but I, I'm curious when, so when I was watching Seven Brides, I, um, I had never seen it before. Right. Okay. So what did you think? So, well, I thought it was very, um, it felt old fashioned to mm-hmm. me, which is not necessarily a bad thing. That's okay. But I had a question for the context of the time period, mm. my musical theater maven. Mm-hmm. Because, so for instance, I'll give you an example. For me, when the first time I saw Singing in the Rain, I was, um, I think in college, and I was in a film class, and and I specifically remembered thinking, this is still funny, this is still entertaining, this- It holds up beautifully. It holds up, right? It holds up beautifully. And I would argue that with Seven Brides, having seen it only for the first time, the choreography in this movie is the the athleticism on display is so uh, astonishing mm-hmm. and i love all the wide beautiful shots and i love all the long takes but you know it's cool about these in seven brides is they don't feel static Mm-mm. you know and so it feels cinematic and it feels like he's really capturing th- the fact that they are doing this musical right yes. um but um, I, Seven Brides is after chronologically. It's after American in Paris. It's after Singing in the Rain. And I just thought to myself, that is so interesting to me that in a time period where you have you have something like Seven Brides in between American in Paris and Singing in the Rain and Guys and Dolls, yep. you know, and there's yeah. this very wholesome, traditional, almost sentimental in a way um, piece. Yeah. Does that make sense? I it compl- I don't know how the hell it happened. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I've gotten to see it on the big screen many times, uh-huh. which has been incredible. Um, my dad has interviewed Stanley Don and the director, and I got to meet him, and That's I definitely awesome. cried a little bit. Um, I have a photo of my mom and I with uh, Jane Powell, where we are definitely out of our minds. We're so happy. Uh, I don't know how it happened when it happened. Um, I think that you can look at almost everything that Howard Keel did, and it was always more old-fashioned. Yes. Um, whereas... Gene Kelly tended to play more current. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that has to do in part with just who they are and how they look. Sure. I think if you put Gene Kelly, though, you, you know, with some of the brothers, he maybe could have been a brother. Yeah, he totally but he could he have been, have been a brother. Adam. He could Adam. No. He couldn't have been Howard Keel. Uh, but yeah, Howard Keel, because he's in things uh, like um, Kiss Me Kate. Yeah. You know, and that's very... That's a very specific kind of a, a look in a show and, and all that. So yeah, I don't I don't know, honestly, I don't know how it happened when it happened. Uh, one of my favorite things about it is the people that will immediately go in and say, oh, this is, it's awful, it's so misogynistic, it's this and that and the other. And every time someone says it to me, I say, but Millie is the boss. Right. And I feel like if you do look at it as being men are better than women, what have you, then you're not really paying attention in the right way Mm -hmm. because she's the one who controls everything. Mm -hmm. She's the one who teaches them everything. She's the one who, I mean, even when when they kidnap the the girls, they think they're following her orders. Right. They, they think that what they're doing is what she suggested that they do. Right. So what they are is just sort of hopeless 
And they they go into things saying, oh, well, this is what Millie would want us to do. So uh-huh. at no point are they going, I mean, we as men, we know best. And the only person, Howard Keel is the only one who kind of has that mindset. And he just keeps being proven wrong. Right. He just keeps being proven wrong. So I get where people would feel a certain way. But I think that if you know the film and if you really mm-hmm. watch it in that way, where you don't just take it at surface. I mean, you're talking about looking deeper into something. Mm-hmm. I get that you could watch it and just say, oh, so he, he found a bride, took her home. She was up for it. Then they kidnapped some girls, decided to get married, threw some axes in the back. Sure. You know, it's not that, though. It is To me, it's a lot more. And as a young girl, even I, I thought, how cool is this? Mm-hmm. You know, especially because she's tiny in real life. Yeah. Jane Powell is teeny tiny. So watching her next to Howard yes. Keel and everyone else in the film, you know, that this teeny tiny person and character could just own these people. She's definitely, and, a, I think I would say that maybe the pushback, because I agree, I, I I went back and forth. Sure. Um, and, 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 and you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone at all. Um, but I do think that there's, there's something kind of motherly about her. Yes. And that sort of this weird, like, you know, okay, so she's been brought in. Well, but she does say early on, he's like, well, now you guys are going to have hot meals. And she's like, oh, so you're, you, ha- I'm, I'm, the this is the thing you yeah, yeah i yeah. mean you married me because you think i'm help that's yeah. not like w- what we're doing here nope. i'm your wife um but but there is something i guess it's i guess it's the idea of like this woman having to be the caretaker ta- caretaker and manage her emotions while all these seven brutes are just running around like yeah. banging into things and yeah. and it's kind of like yeah but I, but but again i mean I went back and forth, and um, and ultimately by the end I was like, "That nah, is cute," you it's, know. I, I think that there's enough about it that redeems that. Yes. So if you do feel as you watch, like maybe this is where this is going, uh, I, I feel like there's enough there that you would be able to go back, that you would be able to say, "Yeah, but in the end, Millie." Sure. And yes, she had to be a caretaker, but part of it is you see that that's who she is to start. Right. And so she sees this as an escape. She She's a romantic. And this man comes and woos her and she says, okay. And, and you know, she's picking flowers and they're going up in this and she's just thinking, oh my God, I've finally found somebody. I can't believe this is happening. And then it all goes to hell. Right. And and she does. She immediately fights back and pushes back and says, no, this is not what we agreed to. Yes. No, no. And then I think as she sees the brothers that they're good people, that they are, that they need a mother. She's a bit Wendy. That's mm-hmm. the other thing I always think is it's a bit Wendy in the Lost Boys. Um, yes. And so as much as part of you would say, oh, I can't believe they're having him do this. On the other hand, I know that, I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. I would grumble and then say, all right, everybody, come on, let's, let's clean up. Let's do this and that. And, and since they, they, they love her. I think that's the other bit for me. Yeah. Is that they, they love do love her. her. And they kind of like Snow White. Her. That too. It's a combination. It's, yeah. it's very, it's a lot of things in one. And, and I do, I, I appreciate when someone gives it time and doesn't just immediately jump to, I hate this because of reasons. Sure. So. Oh, sure. Well, and another reason that I love doing this, I love going back and seeing so many of these great films, right? Um, you know, 
whether or not you enjoy the piece that you're actually watching, it's really fun to see how they have influenced things that have come after. And this applies to music. This applies yes. to everything. When you find out that damn near every hip hop song is actually based on something from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know. Sure. And you go, oh, no, this isn't new. Right. You know, they sampled stuff from the 70s constantly. Everything is influenced by something else. I also say that no one should feel funny about not having seen something. Oh, yeah. Uh, my only judgment ever is if you don't want to try. Yes. My judgment is if you say, I don't watch subtitled films. And I say, why? I won't watch this. I won't watch that. Why? I mean, obviously, I have I have genres I'm not really into. I'm not an anime person so much, mm -hmm. though I have nothing against it. Yeah. Uh, I, none of my friends were really into it, so I never really watched it. A lot of Japanese cinema is that way. I have friends who are so well-versed in it, and I just haven't seen that much mm -hmm. of it. Uh, but if you tell me I would really like to share this with you, right. I will happily give it a try. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that that's it. I, I People write all the time to us and they just say, I haven't seen Citizen Kane. I haven't seen this. I haven't said that. And I always say, well, first of all, if you don't like it, that's okay. Right. Because you, nobody can be forced to like anything. Uh, but I also know that it helps a lot when you have context. I've, to, I've told this story a lot because I think it's important for people to know. Um, my dad's favorite film was Casablanca. Mm -hmm. The first time I watched it was not with him. And I I knew that Ingrid Bergman was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I knew that Humphrey Bogart was suave as hell and cool. And, and, and you know, throughout the whole thing, you go, well, this is beautiful. Uh, visually, you get it. But it didn't hit me in the way that I know from my dad always talking about it. So one time, uh, TCM asked us to do a live tweet uh, session through the film. And I'm sitting with my dad. And I'm I'm doing it as he's he's dictating and I'm and I'm typing and uh, he's talking about I said so what are they doing here he goes oh well that's because of this and this and this and this is the historical and this is what happened and this is how they shot this and this is what they made sure they wanted to do and as every piece was put into context the movie became yeah everything yeah and so again I, I say to people don't ever think that you have to like something right. and don't ever feel the pressure because in some cases you need that context. And, and I did, as I say, I liked it. I don't think anybody could watch Casablanca and not get that it's something special. Sure. Um, but I also understand that, that when you're told something is the greatest of all time, yes. again, Citizen Kane, yes. when you're told that Orson Welles is the be all end all yes. God of film and you watch it, and you sort of go, but it's a bit over the top, it's a bit this, it's a bit that. Yeah, but it also would help to hear someone tell you that this was the first time this ever Ex happened. Exactly. This was the first time anyone ever did that. He was, tw I think he was 25, how old was he? He was young. Young. And, you know, so to know all of those pieces and to know how much those kind of films have influenced everything Maltese Falcon or, right. or Hitchcock same thing now sure. I think Hitchcock holds up really well for the most part though too there can be cheesy stuff sure um, but you know you can't say you can't watch it with today's eyes you have to try as best as you can and my dad has been teaching at USC for 20 years mm -hmm. and he'll show them stuff he'll show them Ray Harryhausen mm -hmm. and honestly sometimes they just won't get it mm -hmm. and I understand because these are 18 year old kids who for them it just looks like terrible effects. Mm -hmm. You ha you can't really turn back the clock enough to say, no, no, this had never happened before. Right. 
We never saw this. I've had people say to me that they don't think King Kong is very scary. I say, and I understand. Sure. Because what you're used to is the most realistic looking ape ever. Yes. Who is there to tear you to shreds. Right. And when you see this sort of slightly awkward but interesting character, especially picking up Fay Ray or doing any of that, right. I get that for you that may not work. But you have to try to just think of it as this is the first time I'm seeing it. Well, yeah, it's an appreciation. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that's so interesting is like, um, and I'm sure you and your dad know a lot about this, but like film criticism as an actual respected thing is fairly new. Mm-hmm. And meaning like, you know, film, what is, what movies are, movies are popcorn entertainment, movies are this, movie, there's nothing, you know, what is real art? Film isn't real art. Now, I'm not saying we don't think that now. Oh yeah, but no, But decades ago, it yeah. was like, it, it that, you know, it wasn't necessarily a as as important or respected as a, of a medium. But that said, um, I think that now people fancy themselves cinephiles and they don't know how to appreciate things that maybe they don't like. Like I, my, I just went with my boyfriend's parents. They were in town and we went to Cinespia, which is as for the audience who doesn't live here, it's the movies in the cemetery. And I had met his dad one a uh, a couple times, but I was meeting his stepmom for the first time and we were actually spending the weekend together. So it was like, it was important. It was important. It was a big thing. And, he, and Justin was taking him to all the things that he loves in, in town. And Cinespia is one of them. Great. What are we going to go see? Vertigo. I fucking hate Vertigo. I hate so that funny. movie. But that said, yeah. I can appreciate the Vertigo shot. I can yes. appreciate the animation sequence. I can. Kim Novak is. I mean, t- to me, she is the movie. Like yes. she is. So, so what I'm my what I'm getting at is, even though I truly do not like that movie, yeah. I can at least be like, great, let's go see it. Like, fine, you know? I'm happy to go sit outside for two and a half hours on the ground and watch this thing I don't like. certainly with an audience. Exactly. That's the other big part. And that's why I tell people, you know, things like TCM, when they do their film festival. One of the the coolest things. So my husband, I I like to refer to him as a normal person Uh uh, because he did not grow up with this. Yeah. Um, But he does love movies. And it's his sort of, he, he's one of those people where every time he had a day off, he'd go to the movies by himself. He didn't even look to see what was playing. He just, just went, went, saw what was on and, and went for it. So uh, I know that he's someone who will try pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously coming over to our house has been uh, extreme for him, uh, but he's a good sport. But we got to watch, he'd never seen Harold Lloyd before. Mm. Now, Harold Lloyd is not respected the way that you've got Chaplin and yeah. Keaton. He just isn't there, though he should be. Um, well, so they were showing Safety Last and the Alloy Orchestra, which is, mm. they're fantastic. And they play all over the world with reason. And Sue Lloyd, his granddaughter, oh. who is really, she's the keeper of the flame. Wow. Sue does brilliant work, and she is why people know who Harold Lloyd is. She does everything. Uh, but, you know, so I got her on, on my left, and she keeps leaning over and whispering things to me. I've, I've known her my whole life. She keeps leaning over and whispering, it took 5,000 dogs to cast that one dog. And she's telling me stuff like this, and I'm going, oh, my God, if everybody could hear you. They lose their minds because you're you're sharing right, all these incredible right. little tidbits. Because she was really raised by her grandparents. She was really oh. raised by him. Uh, so very close, but also very much aware of everything. 
Uh, but so there's my husband watching Harold Lloyd for the first time on a big screen with an audience that's laughing and responding as they should and the Alloy Orchestra. And I just thought, see, this is why he's going to like it. Right. If we were sitting at home. Right. While he still, he might laugh. It's funny. Yeah. He might laugh. But to show it to him that way, uh, it's it's another world. Um, and same, my dad always does last remaining seats. Down to, in downtown Los Angeles, which is with the LA Conservancy. So my husband has gone down with him a few times. Uh, last year, they were at the Ace Hotel and they saw Double Indemnity. Mm. Again, with an audience mm -hmm. in a beautiful theater. My husband came home and said, this is a fantastic film. And I just wanted to kiss him. Yeah. He's like, I, I love that you're willing, but I also am so pleased that you're seeing it in this way. Yes. Because what more could you ask for? And it really is you a know? privilege. We are so lucky, We're so um, lucky. to, we to have access to do this kind of stuff. Yep. But I think that as the world gets a little smaller and more connected, I'm noticing people um, who maybe have like ventured out but go back to their hometown or find an appreciation and find these online communities yep. are bringing the appreciation to their small groups and their small towns, which honestly, I mean, is how people have been doing it forever yes. anyway. Yes. Which is really cool and, and exciting, I think. I agree. Um, I completely agree. So I'm really excited to ask you then because, uh, so I mentioned that everybody gets to pick a movie yes. that's not on the list. And I definitely cheated. And good, that's fine. I definitely cheated because I've got about 40 in front good, of me, not, not I, 40. Well, so and this is why I'm excited is because I, if anybody would know the undervalued, underappreciated uh, selections. Well, so here's the thing. Uh Again, I can I can very happily list off older films sure. um, that I love, uh, and and there are so many good shows in general, so many that you can find. But I I love musicals and musical theater. Yeah. I do. I can't stand most of what they've made in recent years uh, of the remakes because to me the biggest problem, and this is again this is a, a Fred Astaire thing. Fred Astaire had in his contract that he would be shot from head to toe. So when you watch sure. when you watch him and Ginger, it's magic. It is magic right. to watch them together. And it's because you're you're seeing them, all of them. Gene Kelly, very similar. Very mm -hmm. rarely did you have a shot of his feet. Yeah. Uh, no, you watch the whole thing. It's a performance. Right. So I'll never forget having to listen to for eight or nine months how Richard Gere yes. was tap dancing. Yes. Richard Gere is doing all his tap dancing lessons. And then you see his face and you see his feet. And you see his face and you see his feet. And all I kept thinking was, why? You didn't need to learn tap dance, yes. buddy. You didn't have to learn to do a damn thing yep. because you're not. I, I, it's and so I funny that so you cite that because I, I remember that and too. And then they took a number like Cell Block Tango, uh -huh. which is... I, one of the, this is the film Chicago for anyone who doesn't know. Um, they take Cell Block Tango, which is funny, mm -hmm. and they tried to make it sexy, mm -hmm. and I got very angry at it because why? Yeah, I don't understand. Sweeney Todd, you cast people who don't really sing. Yeah, why? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's one of the best things about that movie. Yeah. Because he's actually a performer, a real performer in that way. I love Helena Bonham Carter. Mm -hmm. I do. But she can't sing. Right. And she'll tell you she can't sing. Right. So why would you have her be that? Why would you cut out the opening number? You know, it, things like that. So so I'm definitely where I can get very nerdy and technical no. all of that kind of stuff. But so my my I was trying to think about stuff that I love. And there are some where uh, like... The Birdcage, yes. which just has a lot of Ugh. numbers in it, but it's one of the funniest films you'll it's ever see so in your good. life. Uh, Songcatcher, which a I lot of people do one. not know. Uh, it's 
from uh, 2000. And it stars Emmy Rossum, mm. uh, directed by Janet McTeer. Right? No, no, sorry, starring Janet McTeer. I'm going to pull this up so I get it all right because it's been a while. But it's one of my favorite movies, my dad's as well. Um, it's directed by Maggie Greenwald and written by her as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and it stars uh, Janet McTeer and Jane Adams, who's always so good in everything she does. Pat Carroll. Mm, uh, Ursula. Exactly. Ursula, Aiden Quinn. Like, I'm looking through. It's, it's all just really good people. But it's gorgeous. It's about this female doctor of music mm. who decides she wants to go into the Appalachian Mountains to collect their music. Oh, that's interesting. To write their music down, to record it, because she's worried that it will disappear yeah. otherwise. And Emmy Rossum is one of the uh, one of the young girls who lives in the mountains, and she sings a bunch of her songs and becomes sort of her mm. her her right hand. Uh, it's wonderful. Mm. It's slow. Mm-hmm. It is quiet. Uh, similar music to uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful, beautiful film. That I say, my dad and I recommend it to everybody uh, because it's it's so good. Um, Kinky Boots is one of my favorites mm-hmm. ever. I love that. Hi, Jude. Kinky Boots is one of my favorites ever. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes. I love. A Life Less Ordinary is one of the strangest things you'll ever see in your life. It's Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. It, I wasn't always sure if that movie really existed or if I dreamed it in my yeah. head. Um, but the ones that I think uh, specifically for your audience that I would really recommend to them, Little Little Voice. I've heard of Little I Voice. Seen that one. Is it's years. Oh, I'm sorry, Jude. I can't. Little I can't doll. pet you because I'm trying to look this up. And make she's sure I have doing anything. Research. She she she's so she's she wants to help me. So this film stars Jane Horrocks. It's a it's a British movie. Michael Caine, Ewan McGregor, Brenda Blethyn, mm. uh, uh, Jim Broadbent, mm. all kinds of good people, and it's about this. Uh, I mean, here's it, it, though I like the description they've given. A shy, reclusive lady is convinced by an invisible entity to sing. Mm. And what this woman does in real life and how this film came about is that she's an incredible mimic. Mm-hmm. Dead on. Mm-hmm. Judy Garland, you name it, she can do it. And the film is sort of about this young woman who they figure out has this phenomenal talent that people are bowled over by. But in person, she's incredibly, cripplingly mm. so. And I think they actually made it into a state, they did, they made it into a stage show, an actual musical that traveled. It's wonderful. It's wonderful and odd and so worth your time. Uh, the Commitments is always a great one to go with. Um, one that is, again, turned into a musical uh, on stage. Mm-hmm. So good, especially when you find out sort of the backstory of how um, almost all of them were amateurs, mm. and they create this film. The soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's so worth looking up and looking into. Cradle Will Rock is one mm. of my favorite movies ever, directed by Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the I love the music. I sing it all the time. Uh, he I walked into a bar in New Orleans one time and sounds he was like a joke playing. I walked yeah. into the bar. I know, right? They were down there shooting Treme and sure. and I think he he was just like locally like hanging out and playing some music in yeah. in town. Well, so so it's written by him, but the star looking at the star list is insane. It's Hank Azaria, Joan Cusack, John Cusack, Carrie Elwes, Philip Baker Hall, Cherry Jones, Angus McFadden, Bill Murray, Vanessa Redgrave, Susan Sarandon, John Turturro, Emily Watson, Bob Balaban, Jack Black, Kyle Gass, Paul Giamatti, and it goes on and on and on. That's nuts. Yeah, that's incredible cast. And they are fantastic. 
They are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it's another film that a lot of people do not know. I watch it regularly because it makes me happy. Um, have it's you odd, but really good. Have you ever seen Chris Pine on stage? I wish. I never have. I've and heard him I've... sing, and I've met him, and so I know how cool he is. Yeah. Uh, now, do you know that his, I want to say aunt... Okay. Am I right? I was going to say, I thought his dad was a stage actor. Oh, well, so, so his aunt was a, was a starlet. I have to get this right, and I can always yell for my dad because <laughs> he's the one that remembers it better than I do. But no, his, his, basically his family is, it goes back. Yeah. His family is, is in there. He is, uh, Chris Pine is quickly becoming one of my favorite real actors. And what's so he's cool so about good. his trajectory is that he has... You know, like from an outsider looking in, it's like, all right, you're Captain Kirk. You're doing right. these big things. You're wondering, you're Steve Trevor. Like, you're good. Yeah. And I feel like you can see him taking the things that are Completely. interesting to him because the performances are just there. And he's funny. He's, and he's, he's funny. He's interesting. He's got it. Yeah. And when we talk about it, he, he has that Yeah. Thing. Um, I loved him in Into the Woods. Yes, me too. I loved him in Into the Woods. I thought he was great. He was great. Uh, and yeah, so I've seen him in person enough to see that. Yeah. He has it. And he, to me, is very much the charismatic Gene Kelly type. Sure. Uh, where you just look at him and you go, yes, whatever you say, I will do. Wherever you go, I will go. Yes. Like, he's just got it. So I, th I think it's his aunt. I have to ask my dad because I can't remember. But she was uh, uh, quite famous. And so that really interested him. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Next time he does a play yes. here in town. We're going to buy gonna, seats yes. every night we're and gonna, never leave. We're going to keep it in business. We're going to keep that run. With a tent yes. outside. I'm into yes. it. Let's go. We're going to go. Let's go. The, the, so the, the last one I've got is The Sapphires. Have you seen The Sapphires? I haven't seen The okay. Sapphires. So it's another one based on a true story. It stars Chris O'Dowd. Oh, I love him. the thing is, it was happening, I think... I'm trying to, we, we got to interview him. I think it was right around the same time. It was supposed to come out before Bridesmaids. Okay. And it didn't. Oh. And so what happened was Bridesmaids hits, he becomes a huge name. Sure. And uh, so this, the poster for the Sapphires is him in the middle, the biggest, because they went, oh crap, we got to capitalize on this yeah. real quick. Uh, I love the soundtrack for the film, The Sapphires. I love it. Um, it's, it's a dark story. That's really interesting. And the film is a bit cheesy, but sure. the music is so good and it's fun. Uh, you know those perform like that thing you do. Oh, I love that thing you too. do. Me too. That um, would be my addition to this list. Completely. Like, I think it's completely. so undervalued. It's, I love that film. It's great. I love that the film. Everyone is perfect. Everyone's perfectly cast. Yes. It's, it's the right amount of sentimental, but also a little, a little real, a little yeah. dark. Uh, it's funny. And God, that music... I, I listen to it all the time. Yes. I have since it came out. Yes. And the Sapphire is uh, similar. One of the leads is actually the woman who won, like, New Zealand's version of American Idol. Oh, interesting. Uh, Jessica, I oh got to get it, her It's like Mubuosa something, okay. something, and I don't want to get it wrong. Um, and it, what the, the dark part is, what the film is about, is what really did happen uh, where the... The natives mm. who looked white uh -huh. would be taken away. They'd go on to the, the private indigenous land and they would steal kids who looked white oh. and then give them to white families to raise. Yeah, it's, it's dark. That's very dark. It's very dark, but fascinating. 
and a bit of history. But then all of this, the whole thing is that they form a girl group sure. that ends up touring uh, for the troops. Okay. And so to have all of these pieces, uh, again, this is real life. Mm -hmm. This really happened. They toured and they're singing all the 60s girl group stuff. And it's a blast. That's awesome. It's a blast. Uh, I love the soundtrack. I listen to it often because it's so good. I love it. Um, so yeah, there's, I, I get so excited to see new people. Yeah. New voices, new everything. I, I, there's so many good people out there. And that's why I, I love when people recommend stuff to me. I really enjoy that. I love when someone says, oh, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Uh -huh. That's what's fun. Yeah. And I think that's the most fun part of what we do is that we hang out and we talk about movies. Yes. Like that's, that's really neat. Yeah. And, and something that uh, I get it. My dad and I will joke because my whole life people have said, oh my God, your dad has the best job in the world. And I always say as politely as possible, anything that is work is still work. Yes. And so it's the idea of when you're tired and you have to go see a movie that you don't even want to see anyway and you have to schlep and all this stuff. Yes. But you can't really complain because of, of what it is. Yeah. So yeah, he has to watch a lot of crappy movies, but at the same time, he gets to watch movies. Uh, but whenever we find this kind of stuff, like we, we saw the Sapphires together and it ended and we both just went, that was so much fun. I enjoyed that so much, so much. And, and I immediately bought the CD and had it in the car because my car still had a CD player at the time. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like, it was, it's just exciting. It's why we love film festivals. It's why we love Fantastic Fest and Ugh, South, you know, yes. all of that. Because you stumble across these people. And certainly I, I am very much into uh, looking at filmmakers around the world. Because a lot of the best films I've seen over the years have been small ones from God knows where. I still have not seen The Lure. Have you? I have, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Were you able to enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I did. Is it weird? Is I, it as yes. weird as it promises to be? I, I think it's pretty weird. I'll be honest with you. My brain is pretty mushy <laughs> because there's just too many movies in it. Sure. So um, I don't remember it enough, yeah. which is sad because uh, my brain is mush. No, fair. Um, yeah, that's the only downside, of course, of film festivals is you come out and you go, so there was this baby I saw and this, this bear yeah. and there was, there was music. Was that guy then, in that one? I can't no, remember. wait. Oh, he was in, well, yeah. We, we keep making this joke because recently there are Russian characters in like every show that we watch and it's the same couple of actors. Yes. And my mom is like, I don't know if this was Ray Donovan yeah. or if this, what this was. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know either. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's hard to keep it it's all, all straight. It's all the same now. Fair enough. Well, I feel like everybody has lots of recommendations I, I say that's one of the my dad had a show called secrets out mm -hmm. and the whole thing was just finding hidden gems and we love when we have different people on our show we love saying what are some movies that you love yeah that you're really into yeah um we just got we haven't aired the episode yet but we just interviewed colin hanks who's oh, cool. such a doll he is a doll um but he's made a lot of really good movies that people do not know about yeah uh the great buck howard is one of our mm. favorites um, but yeah, that's something that we always try to do. We always try to highlight the movies people missed and and do whatever we can to champion them. I love it. Yeah. Well, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much, Jesse, for welcoming me and letting me come and chat. And pet the dogs. Pet the dogs. It's mostly about the dogs. It really always is, oh, isn't geez. it? And what a beautiful way to... To, to close the season. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, lady. And you're all very smart to listen to Clark. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, you heard it here first. I'm putting it on a business card. That's right. <laughs>
Alrighty, friends, that's going to do it for me today. And that's going to do it for Sending the Wolf for this season. 30 episodes, not so bad. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, if you're new to the show, there's so much to listen to. The show is coming back, um, of course, as we get into the busy, busy season of summer and summer movies and conventions and all of those things. Uh, you know, we. I'm just going to take a quick break, but I will be back in the fall just in time for Halloween and the holidays. And I'm really, really excited. I'm really excited to get back to it. Um, be sure to uh, so yeah if you can say sub stay subscribed to the show um, because I don't want you to miss it when it comes back in season two also this is a tease but in the in the meantime during the hiatus of uh, season between season one and season two I am going to be working on a new audio project uh, a new I don't know if I would call it a podcast maybe a podcast but a new something it's going to be limited it's going to be a series I'm really excited about it it's going to be very different than this, uh, but it's going to be fun. So if you don't already, follow me on the social medias at Clark Wolf, Clark with an E, Wolf with an E. I am on Instagram and Twitter and sometimes Facebook. Uh, you can follow me at facebook.com slash official Clark Wolf, but I'm around. You can find me. There is more coming, uh, so it's not going to be dead silence. Um, there's going to be a lot coming, and I'm really excited. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Mm -hmm.